This is PhotoBizX, episode number 461, and today we are going deep into sales and specifically how to attract high-end photography clients, which then go on to convert to high-end sales. Our special guests are David and Whitney Scott of Whitney Scott Photography, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. A day later than usual, I hope you had a fantastic Easter. I know that mine was filled with cycling, golf, family time, and way too much chocolate. (laughs) But it was a great weekend. One of the little things that stood out to me, nothing business-related at all, but it was pretty cool. We were at the cafe, and when I say we, my cycling buddies and I were at the cafe on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, after a, uh, a great ride. And while we were having our coffees, and chatting. A young family was walking up the footpath, the sidewalk to the cafe. It was a husband and wife and two young kids. And the two young kids had a basket full of small chocolate Easter eggs. And they were going around placing them on our bicycles, on people's windscreens of their cars, uh, onto their tables at the cafe as little gifts, little Easter gifts. And and what stood out to me, what I really loved about this was the fact that here were two, what I would consider fantastic parents, promoting the act of giving instead of receiving at Easter. I I just thought it was a, a really lovely gesture, a beautiful thing. I don't know if you've seen anything like that in the past or even over Easter yourself, but yeah, it was something that stood out to me. And I thought, wow, these, these kids are going to grow up to be beautiful humans, adults, parents, one day themselves and what a great thing their parents are doing by promoting giving instead of only receiving at Easter. Pretty cool, I thought. Alrighty, I'm not going to ramble too much longer before we get into this interview with David and Whitney. I've got a couple of announcements after the interview, one in relation to the Photography Book Projects course, another regarding the Embark Dog Photography Challenge slash course, and I've also got a big shout out as well. More about those things after the interview, which we're going to get into now. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Oh, and just quickly, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, all that means is you won't hear the full interview today with David and Whitney. I will be saving a large portion of the second half of the interview today for premium members only. It's where we dive deeper into the sales process and exactly what they're doing to get the great sales that they are getting. So if you love the first half of what these guys share and you'd like to hear the full interview today, you can do that for as little as $1.00 with a trial membership. It's a 30-day trial membership. There are more details about that over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. I was first made aware of today's guest couple by PhotoBizX member Mark Hazelton, who mentioned their class at PPA called Marketing for Introverts. Now, they are a husband and wife team. They've been married for more than 20 years and they've worked together for almost 15. 
And when they started working full-time together in 2009, they say that they were ridiculously optimistic, incredibly poor, but they were together and doing what they loved. Since then, they've built a business that they're incredibly proud of, where they focus on portraiture, both in-studio and outdoors. And when I say portraiture, I'm talking about families, kids, seniors, headshots, and personal branding photography. They offer a full-service experience, starting with an in-home consultation with their clients, and they finish with the artwork installation in the client's home. I'm talking about David and Whitney of Whitney Scott Photography, and I'm wrapped to say that they are both with me now. David and Whitney, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having us, Andrew. We're thrilled to be here. (laughs) Is it true? Like, were you guys incredibly poor and struggling in the beginning, in the early days? Oh, it is so true. (laughs) We sold one of our vehicles. I remember for Christmas one year, I bought all this stuff to sew things for people. And I'm not a seamstress, so it was pretty sad. But, you know, our kids, we made them a playhouse out of boxes for Christmas And they still think of it as one of the best Christmases ever. They don't know that we were poor, but I think because of that, we can relate to almost anyone Mm. at any stage of business. That is so good. I thought you were going to say you sold one of the kids. (laughs) So that's (laughs) as bad. At times, but no. (laughs) We stopped it too, so we don't have a middle child, which means that's that's one we don't have to. That's one we would have sold, yeah. Yeah. Look, I want to get in and jump into the questions, but first of all, can you guys just give me an idea of, you know, first of all, do you have different roles in the business and where is the business now? Oh, great question. We do have different roles and it is a common question among couples in defining what the roles and expectations should be. The good part is it's always changing, always in flux. The bad part is it's always changing and always in flux. Uh, which is great for my personality type because I can go along with the flow. But for Whitney, she's much more straight-laced and needs to to keep a focus on things. And so we learn from each other. She's learned to loosen up a bit, and I've learned to honor what her you know requirements are as far as keeping things on schedule and on task and that kind of stuff. But well, what we tell people is you really need to understand kind of your personality type. And that will influence what your roles should be in the business. Mm -hmm. I know because I like things done on a certain timeline and in a certain way that I like to control all the processes that I'm in charge of. I like to close my own loop. And then I like for David to kind of do his own thing so he can be on his own timeline. And I try to stay away from that. Um, What you mean is you won't be frustrated with my lack of closing the loop what I mean is, timeline. Yeah. What I mean is our marriage is more valuable than the business to me. So we're going to do marriage. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't have said that better. <laughs> so what are your different roles? Well, Whitney is definitely the talent as far as creation and photographing. She has a, a mad skill for everything from posing to lighting to I guess most importantly, engaging the clients. And we some of that too. We always craft together. Although she's behind the camera, I'm engaging with, with the client as well as a way to loosen them up. But she is definitely the talent there. And she has a fantastic business mind. My role is more of the support when it comes to portraiture. He's uh, my lighting guy. Yeah. I don't know. 
how to work the flash, basically. I just say, hey, David, I want to do this. And he says, okay, I'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that and I'm the pack mule. So oh, that's very helpful. <laughs> I'm 6'3 and about 230 pounds. So I can carry pretty much anything. I've even put her on my shoulders if we needed an instant height. So she'll get on my shoulders and uh, <laughs> for a different vantage point. <laughs> that's our, our really professional moments when we do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It does loosen the clients up, though, or it perhaps makes them fearful of us. I'm not, not <laughs> well, really sure. But I think it's really valuable, especially when we're photographing high school seniors. David is always with, you know, the mom or whatever parent is there having a conversation with them. He's making those connections and really kind of distracting them from what's going on. So they're not overly emotional or hypercritical of their kids. And that's truly valuable during the shooting. Yeah. And then we also do the sales sessions together in person. Mm -hmm. Again, if I were doing that by myself, then I think it would be really hard. Like when it comes time to write out the invoice and there's that kind of quiet moment when you feel like you need to make conversation, but I actually need to be thinking things through so he can fill that gap. So we play off each other as a team really well. Yeah. And I'll photograph headshots and some schools and dance studios, you know, kind of the boring Stuff uh, I don't really want to do. Yeah. I'm thankful that you do it. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So it takes a while to find your role. And who does the marketing in the business? I think we both do. I think we both do. Yeah. And our marketing is not, I mean, when you say marketing, I think of advertising, things like that, but we are very much into relational marketing. So what may not look to like marketing to some people is what gets us to all of our clients. And we can dig deeper into that. Yeah. What do you mean by that, Whitney? Well, I mean, relational marketing, almost if I look back at our clients for the past year or two, and I figure out where they all came from, which is something that we recommend to other photographers, I can see that almost every person is somebody that if they called me on the phone, I would know who they were. We already have an existing relationship with them. So we're cultivating relationships in the community, we're involved in our church, we're involved in our kids' school, we're involved in a lot of community organizations and nonprofits. And so those are where we're building relationships, and that's where probably 95% of our clients come from. Oh, easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have put keywords or things into our website for Google optimization, but we only did it when we set up the website. I haven't looked at it since. It is not a focus of ours at all. That doesn't mean it's not an important tool for some photographers. And I strongly suggest if that's the route you take, that you invest quite a bit of time into understanding all how that works. And it can be a valuable asset and resource for obtaining new clients. It's just one thing that we haven't focused on. Our focus, ironically enough, as introverts is being extroverted <laughs> and getting out and getting to know people and establishing relationships. So guys, just let me ask you then. So if the phone rings today or it did ring today, because I know it's in the afternoon or evening for you and a potential client is calling about a possible photo shoot, you would expect to know that person or know of them or maybe the school they went to. Is that what you're saying? Or would you personally know them? Yes, <laughs> to all of those things. We would either know them or they would be referred by somebody that we knew. And the way we run our business, we love that. Uh, and we teach this in one of our classes. It's the difference between fishing with a net versus fishing with a pole. If I am putting an ad out there on Google or Facebook, 
I'm maybe getting a broad number of people who are going to be contacting me. And then it's my job to kind of sort through all of those people. I'm calling them. I'm talking with them. I'm pre-qualifying them. I'm seeing if they're right for our business because, you know, we are a higher end boutique studio. We're not for everybody. And I, as an introvert, I hate spending time on the phone. And so if we can market in a different way, that's very targeted and reaching exactly the people that we want, by the time they call me, they already know our business for the most part, or we have a relationship. And so they're basically pre-qualified and it makes our job a lot easier. Right. So can you picture or think of the last person that booked you for a session? Do you know who that was? Yes. Okay. Was it? <laughs> you handle that, so I'm not going to jump in. <laughs> okay. I can tell you exactly what this was. And we caught a big fish. Andrew has a big fish. This was, um, we live in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is the home of Walmart, and so, so either yay or boo. I'm not right. sure who's <laughs> listening and what they what they think of this, but certainly everyone has heard of Walmart. Right. And we're the home of the headquarters of it in small town, Arkansas. But there's a lot of wealth here. Most people either work for Walmart or they work for a vendor that supports Walmart. So there was a we were working with a church, our church, and we were doing a big event that we do every year where we hand out a lot of food and we give away a lot of coats. And I was working in the coat room. And so, of course, I got to know everybody in that room. And there's a certain family in our church that basically funds hundreds and hundreds of coats. And they all work together in that room, handing out the coats on that day. And it is a very, I guess, prominent Walmart related family. And so I made relationships that day. And then a week or two later, one of them called me and she said, I'm getting married. It's a second marriage. It's a very small wedding, which we normally don't do weddings anymore. But she said, what's really important to me is getting portraits of our family while we are all together. And so I said, you know, okay, I'm going to treat this like an extended family photo shoot. And I'm not going to charge you to shoot the wedding. I'm going to have you pre-purchase a package of products. And it was, you wanted me to get into numbers. So I will tell you, um, I had her pre-purchase $4,400 worth of product. And then after the wedding, they came and purchased wall art from us. And they spent a total of over $13,000 and she still hasn't come and ordered her album, which will be in the next few weeks. And so I'm anticipating another four to $5,000. Wow. So that's very specific, very much fishing with a pole and catching the one we hope to catch. <laughs> <laughs> so let me take you back, Whitney, to that day where you're in the cloakroom and, you know, dealing you know, with everything that was going on. I'm guessing at some stage, someone or this lady, she asked you what you do. What is your answer when someone asks you that? Well, she did not have to ask us what we did. She already kind of knew who we were because of another family that we had photographed in church that was a friend of theirs that we had done an extended family session for. So they already, and you'll find this when you're dealing with very high-end clients. You don't get them through traditional marketing methods. You don't get them from a Facebook ad or a Google search. They ask their friends. And they all kind of go to the same people. So getting into that group is important. So they had friends that had already come to us. And those friends 
we knew from, you know, just um, my husband having a relationship with one of their kids from years back going to camp together. So it's all relationships breed relationships. It's all those connections. Got it. So David, let me put that question to you. What would you say if if someone didn't know you and they asked what you do? Because I'm guessing it's more than just I'm a we're photographers because like you said, you guys are a high end, you're a boutique studio. What do you say when someone asks you what you do? I'm trying to think back to the last time someone really didn't know what we do. Um, Is the town that small? Is it that everyone knows everyone? Well, (laughs) not anymore. Yeah, it's yeah, not anymore. It's not. But that's beside the point. You know, generally when someone asks that, I do go with just a very basic. And my wife and I are both professional photographers and we've been full time for, you know, now nearly 15 years. And our focus is on, you know, portraits, be it families, seniors or children. And I said, and I'll typically kind of gauge our reaction because most people will have that common, well, who doesn't know a photographer? You're just lumped in with the rest of them. And I'll say my wife is typically the main creative artist while I handle all the back end stuff like hanging, you know, your artwork in your home for you. And, you know, we're, we're really more of a full service type of, of studio as a way to delineate us from what people traditionally know as, as a photographer nowadays. But I do my best not to give too much information at first because I don't want to feel like I'm selling to anyone right off the bat. I want to be congenial, friendly, engaging, and typically asking more questions about them than they do of me. I think that's just a, a good way to develop honest relationships. Absolutely. I agree. I think our hope, the hope too, is that they will be interested enough to go to the website or start following us on social media. And that's where we have to do a really good job of communicating the type of photographer we are. We show a lot of images of clients' homes with artwork installed, or we will show David installing it. We will show behind the scenes. We will show work that we have done with magazines or all those things that kind of elevate us in a way that people will look and say, oh, that's that's not going to be cheap because we kind of want people to have that idea about us before they call so that they avoid the embarrassment of going, Ooh, I thought you were going to be, you know, a hundred dollars and we get all the files, you know, they know that before they start communicating with us. Yeah. Um, there's a business axiom. We try to live by that all things being equal, people tend to do business with people. They like all things, not being equal, higher price, different products, different experience, people still tend to do business with people they like. And so we try to go deep with being likable. Likable, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we hope it's genuine. I think people are wise enough and shrewd enough to tell if you're just putting on airs or if this is someone that I could really trust with an investment. For sure. Let me take you guys back to, you know, when the business started. I mean, I'm a guessing, even assuming that you weren't high end in the beginning. Is that the case? <laughs> it's very much the case. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We really began the business with the advent of digital photography. And to clarify, what I mean by that is when Canon came out with the first digital rebel, that really set things off for the masses as far as understanding that digital photography was a thing. It's uh, it's a new 
component to a photography business. So when we began with that, we had a relationship with the lab, but we didn't really understand the nuances of running a profitable business. And so our proofing was simply a spiral bound book produced by our lab. We handed it over to the clients and told them to get back with us when they were ready to buy something. Bad. Yeah. And our order average was, I mean, we were happy if we got a $100 order at that time. Yeah. And we were still part-time back then. Sure. So tell me about, did you make a conscious decision to go high-end, you know, to become a boutique studio, or did that happen organically? I think it happened organically. And the backstory of that is we needed to kick our business in the proverbial butt and kick it hard. So we went to a weekend intensive with a well-known American photographer who ran a business and marketing type weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we realized that we understood we were doing very poorly and we didn't really need to use, you know, client management and business management software to tell us how poorly we were doing. Uh, We needed to find a way to generate revenue And that's when ProSelect was introduced to us and we thought, okay, I think we could, we could do this. So we bought a projector, bought the software, made a significant investment in it. And without really understanding what we were doing regarding sales, after our first sales session, we made enough to pay off both the software and the projector. I'm assuming that you know what ProSelect is, oh, yeah. what I'm well, talking it about. It started okay. in, in Australia. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did. Definitely. Okay. I think it's on the flag of, of Australia, too. It's just okay. that. <laughs> um, no. but, but I tell you that story to tell you this. When we made that large first sale, it not only opened our eyes to what we could sell and how we could sell, but also who we could sell to. Because this ethereal higher end client who would be crazy enough to spend thousands of dollars on photographs was not just a nebulous dream anymore. It was, it became a reality. It made us understand that we don't need to limit what people choose to do with their money. And, you know, some of our clients are higher end, like the uh, example Whitney gave earlier, but some of ours are living in smaller homes, Mm -hmm. but they have been following us for years, perhaps saving up for a time when they could come to us. And when they choose to do it, they are spending the same amount that traditionally our target clients are spending. And we need to honor that as well. So I say for everyone who's listening, our Ideal avatar seems to be the, you know, the the buzzword right now. We have one, but we certainly don't limit the opportunity for anyone to come to us. We want to treat every client exactly the same. And so we look at what, you know, higher end car dealerships do or, you know, higher end boutique stores, be it a, you know, a Tiffany's or a, you know, Gucci or they don't, they don't pre-qualify who comes in and wants to spend money with them. They want to treat every client exactly the same with the outcome, hopefully being, you know, what they desire as a business. Sure. So it sounds to me like, you know, when you made that transition to larger sales, to becoming a higher end studio, it wasn't about the photography. It wasn't the website. It wasn't the way you guys presented. It was the fact you went to in-person sales and gave the, the client the opportunity to spend more. Is that correct? 
Absolutely. And keep in mind, the first time we used the software, we didn't know what we were doing. The only thing that changed was that we sat down with our clients, looked at their images together and helped them choose what to purchase. And just the act of doing that doubled our sales average immediately. And it's nothing new or novel. No. This is what photographers have been doing for 150 years. So we're just tapping back into tradition, I guess. Well, but what we realized was, you know, as we as we learned kind of what worked and what didn't, we began to tweak things. And that's we still do this and we still recommend this to, you know, all the photographers that we have coached and mentored over the years is after every sale, we analyze it. We say, okay, was this a big sale? If so, what worked? What did we do that made that happen, that allowed that to happen? Or did we mess something up? Is there something that we could have done better? And that allowed us to tweak our processes, to tweak our pricing to the point that, you know, we have a great sales average, but we also, we don't typically get really low sales. We found a way to kind of close off the low end, but leave the top end open so clients can spend as much as they would like with us, but they don't feel like they have to. The focus is always fulfilling their needs. Whitney describes it as our pricing is tight. It is. Yeah, it's tight. We don't have holes in it that people can kind of little loopholes. Yeah. Well, how do you close off the low spender? Well, that's a multifaceted answer. That, I know that's a huge question, Andrew. And it, <laughs> it really begins in the beginning. Um, yes. You know, when we post on, for instance, Facebook, we have descriptors that we need to uh, identifiers that we want to convey Perhaps not all in one post, but we want people to know we're fun. We want people to know that the experience is going to be enjoyable. We want people to know we're expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we kind of couch what we post. And so that begins the process of kind of weeding out people who would try to you know, get away with spending very little with us. It's reinforced in our website, in the literature that we send out once we book a session. We send out actual magazine. magazine in the mail. And for listeners, the mail is something that people will deliver actually to someone's house when you pay <laughs> postage. And, um, and it, it's valuable because it's, it's a tangible, tactile experience. Um, We're selling physical product and we want to elevate physical things. We want to give that experience from the very beginning. Yeah. We want people in their circle of influence to say, okay, you've used them before. We want them to say, you know, they were expensive, but they were really worth it. And so that reinforces again, you know, coming to our studio and seeing large artwork up on the walls reinforces that as well. So, um, I mean, I know the question was, how do you prevent the low sales? Right. And I think what David's saying is people don't come to us with the expectation that they're going to spend as little as possible. They come to us with the expectation that they're going to get something really amazing and if they do come in and try to spend at the low end, that's only going to get them one or two images, you know, and nobody's going to be happy with that. But we also pair things together in our pricing that make it seem silly to only buy one or two things, because the more you purchase and the more you combine things that you're purchasing, the more you're going to get and the better deal it seems to people. Right. I would never expect to go to a higher end restaurant trying to find ways to get food for a low price. That's mm -hmm. just not what they do. 
I would never expect to go to Tiffany's and try to find, I mean, even their sterling silver paper clip, a paper clip yeah. is priced at hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Now that's ridiculous, <laughs> but the point is when you position yourself a certain way, and you've got to be very conscious about this, you foster an expectation. And if you don't, the clients will naturally fill in the blanks, right or wrong, they'll fill in the blanks themselves. So it's in our best interest to establish brand identity as best we can to weed out any question marks a client or potential client has. Sure. So if we're being specific, if a client comes in after a session, well, first of all, have they seen your price list before the session? So they have seen or they know a range of pricing. And if they ask more detailed questions, I'm happy to fill that in. We want to really control when they are experiencing our pricing because it's going to be a shock. It is high. So we want to manage that well. We don't want to hide anything. No. But so we start in the very first conversation that we have with them, giving them a price range. Which is what? For family photography. Which is anywhere from, you know, $500 if you choose to maybe just purchase one image with a matching digital file or people have, you know, will choose to do multiple wall groupings and maybe an album or a folio box and spend 10000 or more. So we're giving them a very high end and a low end that's not very satisfactory. It's quite a range. Yeah. It is a huge range. But if people come in thinking that they're going to spend $300, that immediately tells them, oh, this is not the place for me. And we can allow them to kind of back out gracefully because we don't want to put people in an awkward position or have them max out their credit card when that's not something no, they can afford. Definitely not. Sure. So how does the conversation go if the client says, well, you know, they're not willing to bow out gracefully straight away, but you've got a sense that they're not the right client. And they say, oh, tell me more about that $500 photo and digital file. Like, what would you say to that client? Oh, sure. We can tell them, you know, our focus is at the very beginning to sell wall art. That's how we want to be known. Um, and we can tell them, you know, you can get a 16 by 20 for around that $500 price. It may be. It's an 11 by 14. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we changed <laughs> for, that. <laughs> for around that price. But our job is to photograph that session in such a way that they want everything. And so that's a lot of responsibility on us. But that's a great challenge because our focus is to to craft a great experience, but also to produce imagery where they say, gosh, I can't just buy one. Th I want them all. Well, and, and our job is to be really honest with them. And I will tell them kind of in a joking way, you know, you absolutely can come in and purchase one thing, but I've got to tell you, we're going to be taking a lot of images that you're going to love and you're going to want to buy more. So consider yourself warned. And then they will kind of laugh, but they get it. And I, if I don't think they're the right person, I will tell them, you probably are not going to be happy if you're only able to get one or two things and maybe we should, you know, we can do a, a prepayment plan you could save up, you, mm -hmm. you know, give them some options. But I tell them we're really special occasion photography. Some people may save up and come to us once in their life and they love that. We rarely have people come to us every year. Got it. Okay. I love that. I love that. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about the actual sales session. So I've come in with my family I've experienced this amazing time with you guys. We've had a fantastic time. I'm assuming that you insist that I come in, you know, with my partner who might be the, the decision maker when it comes to money. Is that correct? 
Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. So, and you guys told me earlier that you're both there in that sales session. Do the clients ever feel, or do you get the sense that they might feel intimidated by that fact that you're both there selling to them? I think since we were both at the photo shoot, they're pretty comfortable with us. We're not really intimidating people. <laughs> we're kind of goobers. So. <laughs> right. Okay. So then tell me then what happens. So I turn up with my, with my wife, my partner, and you know, do you greet us with champagne? Is there snacks and drinks? Is it uh, come in and have a look through our home or our studio? Like what happens? Oh, certainly. We set the environment. We have candles going. We have a drink menu that's printed out on a little five by seven card. There's no alcohol. It's just one component that we don't really, for a liability perspective, we don't really want to tackle. But we do, you know, specialty drinks, things that you can't find at the local store, Uh, different coffees that will make up for it. I make, I've been doing this for years, homemade butter chocolate chip cookies. And so we have those sitting out and they're nice and warm. We have couches and comfortable chairs, you know, facing the projector screen. Um, in addition to the wall up around, so it's it's a cozy, comfortable environment, and we you know, we dress nice for that. It's not any nicer than our our clients would. We try to mimic that what we expect them to wear, and perhaps just a step above. <laughs> but you've seen us on video. We're not intimidating. <laughs> we're not we're not sure. fancy people. No. But we have an attitude that. You know, the people that do work at Tiffany's are probably not buying Tiffany's jewelry every year or perhaps even at all. But that doesn't mean they can't sell for that experience. So the environment feels very relaxed, but we are actually controlling everything pretty tightly. We've done this so many times that we know exactly the process to walk our clients through. And we kind of tell them that so that they don't feel like because what stresses people out is when they feel like they have to direct things or know which way to go. And we tell them, nope, this is the way the process is going to go. And that is we watch a slideshow of the images first and we tell them up front, you're just going to enjoy looking at the images. You're not making any decisions right now. After you watch the slideshow, we're going to go back through and then we'll start selecting your favorites. Yeah. Eat a cookie, enjoy your drinks, yeah. just enjoy the show. So then using ProSelect, we go through all of the images one at a time. And what we have learned is you need to know what you're looking to sell to people. Because if you know what you want to sell, then you kind of know how many images to show and how many images you want them to cut down to. We know that our ideal sale is at least one wall portrait and our middle album or folio box. So if they purchase a $1,000 wall portrait and then they purchase our middle folio box or album, that is a $2,800 product. So that's a great sale for us. But I also know that that means we need at least 31 final images. So depending on the type of session, we'll typically show anywhere from 60 to 100 images. So the first time through when we're calling down, we don't tell them pick your favorites. We say the first time through, we're going to get rid of everything that we know you don't like. So you tell us yes, no, or maybe we keep the yeses and the maybes. We get rid of the no's. Mm -hmm. Right. So with ProSelect, are you putting the maybe pile into the maybe pile or are you leaving it in the yeses? Premium members of Photobiz Exposed hear more 
of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Fantastic. I absolutely love that. That is so good. David and Whitney, you guys have been absolutely amazing to talk to. It's been so much fun. I can see why your clients would fall in love with you guys, what you do and what you create. And even the sales session sounds like fun with those warm cookies. Um, look, massive <laughs> thanks for, for coming on. Come on over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you have. Where's the best place for the listener to learn more from you guys and see more of your work? You can see us on Facebook at Whitney Scott Photography. You can go to our website at WhitneyScottPhotography.com. Instagram, Instagram is Whitney Scott Photography. Shocker. We actually <laughs> nailed those early on. So look, I'll add links to all those in the show notes to accompany this interview. And if there's any additional links, you let me know. I'll make sure they're added into the show notes as well. You talked about helping other photographers. Is that at conferences or do other photographers hire you to help them with their businesses? Both. Yes. We do speak at conferences and workshops and we do individual coaching as well. Right. So where do people go to learn more from you guys, other photographers, listeners? They can just send us an email. <laughs> oh, perfect. Easy. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, on your website, it doesn't look like, you know, you're not marketing to photographers on your website, which I love. No, it's kind of like when photographers ask you to like their Facebook page. I mean, why? I'm, I'm never going to use you. <laughs> yes. Likes are just an ethereal type. It doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> it's not something we have really uh, put out there. It's just something that if people approach us about it, we're happy to do it. Sure. Fantastic. Awesome. But again, guys, thank you so much for giving up some time and for sharing everything you have. You've been amazing, both of you. Thank you. Well, Thanks, Andrew. We've enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that interview with David and Whitney as much as I did. Guys, if you are listening, thank you again so much for coming on, for sharing everything you have and for going into the detail that I pushed you to as well. It really is much appreciated. So again, thank you so much. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what you heard in today's interview. If you do have a follow-up question, I'll be adding David and Whitney into the premium members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to them there if you are a premium member. In addition to that, if you check out the show notes for today's episode, you'll see examples of their amazing work. You'll see links to anything and everything they mentioned. It's all there in that one spot at photobizx.com forward slash 461. I've got one big shout out for today's episode and this one goes to Adelaide sports and athlete photographer Kelly Barnes of All Star Photos who left a lovely rating, well a five star rating and a lovely review in Apple Podcasts. Kelly said that he had been listening to the free podcast, he decided to go premium and oh boy I am glad that I did. He goes on to say it's been a galaxy of information that has improved my photography business and each week a new guest comes up with a great nugget that leads me in the right direction to keep my business growing. Thanks Andrew, keep up the great work. Kelly, massive thanks for taking the time to leave that rating and review. It does help me by helping other photographers find the podcast. So massive thanks for taking the time to do that. As my extra way of saying thanks, I've added a link back to your website using a keyword phrase that I think you're looking to rank for, but you can go in and check that in the show notes for today's episode and let me know if you'd like me to alter that keyword phrase. And this goes for you, the listener. 
If you have any desire to rank more effectively in Google, you probably know one of the best ways to do that is to get backlinks. And a really easy way to get a backlink is to leave an honest rating or review for the Photo Biz X podcast like Kelly has. You can do that in Google or in iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. Let me know that you've left that review and I'll need a URL and a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for so I can add that backlink from the photobizx.com website. Again, it's my little way to say thanks for taking the time to leave those ratings and reviews. Again, Kelly, massive thanks for taking the time to do that. It's great having you part of the membership. I know you've been active inside the members group and I, I honestly hope you're getting a ton from your membership. I'm looking forward to featuring you at some stage on the podcast once your business gets to where you want it to be. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. I have a quick couple of announcements before we close out today's episode. The first one is regarding the Profitable Photography Book Projects course that we held with Katie Collenberg, or she presented that course a couple of weeks ago now. The course page is live and available to you if you have purchased that course on the photobizx.com website. You do need to be logged in to access the course. It's under the premium menu. And there has been a few little glitches with the page. I think I have them all sorted now, but if you come across any little dramas, we had some weird little lines of code popping up here and there. Let me know and I'll be sure to get onto those as quick as I can. And also in regard to that training, once you've had a chance to work your way through the course, please let me know if you have any follow-up questions because I'll be recording a follow-up Q&A session with Katie in the coming weeks. Uh, I'm going to use the conversation that we had in the chat. I've also received a couple of other questions from course attendees, but if you have a specific question you'd like Katie to answer before we record that segment, then please get them to me as soon as you can. It's andrew at photobizx.com. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about the Book Projects course, you haven't enrolled yet, you can learn more about it at photobizx.com forward slash book projects. And lastly for today, if you heard the interview a couple of weeks ago with Holly and Marika, we talked all about the Embark Photography Challenge. It's a six-month interactive dog photography challenge. Both photographers, both Holly and Marika, did the first Embark Challenge course and absolutely loved about it. They shared a lot in their interview a few weeks ago. Well, the Embark Challenge is opening up again. It's kicking off. Well, I think registration is open today, but it kicks off at the end of the month. If you are a dog or pet photographer and you'd like more details about that, head over to photobizx.com forward slash Embark. It's E-M-B-A-R-K. It sounds amazing. And you will be in fantastic hands with both Craig and Charlotte, who are behind the Unleashed Pet Photography platform and hosting the Embark Challenge. So again, more details are at photobizx.com forward slash Embark if you want to get involved in that challenge and learn as you go along the way. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Again, I hope you had a fantastic Easter. I hope you're enjoying a shorter week this week. I've just realized that next Monday is another public holiday here in Australia. It's Anzac Day. So the podcast will be coming out a day later than usual next week as well. And then after that, we'll be returning to normal scheduling and uh, releasing on the usual day. So a day later than usual next week. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Stay safe, healthy and well. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. 
If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 